I'm you talking. This is George. We're with the Horror Hour. Um, how are you all today? Very good. good. How are you? You know, I, I'm better now that I finished the movie. Um, I love horror films. And so what I'd love to know is what was it like from both you filming those intense scenes that you had? Oh, gosh. Mm. It's hard to make it look real. It's hard to mm. like be like, yes, I'm really gonna die. Or like somebody's yeah. really chasing me with a knife or mm -hmm. this, this, and this. Like right. those, those, like as an actor, like those things are like, I don't know, that's just a challenge to like make it, make it look super real. Yeah, like, and yeah. then being with like master classes like Anna Shlomsky and oh, totally. Kevin Bacon and Carrie Preston, I'm like, okay, let's deliver, please. Yes, let's learn. Um, yeah. Let's learn, let's yeah. soak it up. And um, I just felt like in, in my intense moment, he gave me everything that I needed to deliver the performance. Like I, I, I felt so supported in the scene. Watching that part too, like just <laughs> terrifying to watch Your when we were filming. Oh, oh. Both oh. of you like raised my blood pressure with that. My God, thank you. Yeah, this, the, I mean <laughs> the topics. Sorry for raising sorry, your blood right. pressure. <laughs> Yeah, he's old and we've got to be careful these days. Um, but given the topics that are addressed throughout this, how important was it for all of you to be a part of this movie in particular? I mean, it was just rewarding. Yeah. It was rewarding to be a part of a project that actually takes us seriously. Like mm -hmm. not the token, not the, you know, the diversity quota checkoff, it's actually like for us, by us, you know, and it just feels so much more authentic yeah. and free flowing that yeah. way. Like the way that there was so much care. Thank you, Scott. Care, yeah, Thank, you, Scott. Thank you, Scott. That was put into trying to have all the casting be like just as it needed to be and like have all the characters not feel like they were just like accessories mm -hmm. or something yeah. like that. Like, and I mean, yeah. that wasn't going to happen because John Logan was at the, right, you know, exactly. John Logan himself yeah. is gay. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, uh, hats off to Blumhouse and to Peacock, I have to say. Um, you know, Blumhouse came to me and said, would you please executive produce this, giving giving me, a, you know, taking me from being a consultant to giving me a, a real amazing position of power where I could, you know, make sure that the mm -hmm. things got done right and well all the way through, which was the whole process of this. And then to land at Peacock where they're, you know, I think in times past, an LGBTQ themed show would be, it would be considered, the LGBTQ theme would be considered a liability. And Peacock chose this because cool. of the theme, mm. because it's LGBTQ. And so, that care and that support has been evident all the way through. So, um, you know, it was important for me to come on to make sure that would happen. But when I got there, I was so proud and pleased to see that, like, it wasn't even a question. This was going to be done right. Yeah. So uh, with the themes and everything that is addressed in this film, I would like to know from uh, Austin and Theo, how did you kind of, you know, disengage or decompress after these scenes? Um, because self-care is important. <laughs> both of them, both like. <laughs> we would, okay, I, I can say for myself, I definitely 
would have just like a cool down trailer moment of just like, but I think honestly, the rides home, um, like just as a cast, like in the van, talking with each other, doing extracurricular activities as a cast. (laughs) um, It was, that was a grounding centering moment. It just reminded you, you know, it's a role. We, you know, we're we're not we're mm-hmm. we're past some of where these characters are, and it's just we gotta remind us. I gotta remind myself a little bit, like, okay, you know what? Let me. You good? You good? Yeah. So I totally echo everything that you said. Yeah, there were times where I was like, oh no, it's getting too real. I need to create a separation, and like, it was kind of a challenge sometimes because, you know, I'm like, I'm you know not 17 anymore, but my character is, and like, when I was 17 shit was real bad you know in 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 the in regards to what was going on because i came i also i came out when i was Mm -hmm. like 17. um Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah having really amazing support on set especially with scott being around and especially john who was like very i thought very attentive and very much was like you know you're safe like Mm -hmm. you can be real like it's gonna be okay you know it was it was we were very supported i think but it was hard sometimes yeah yeah very hard sometimes it was well, as important to do to make sure that everybody was okay off off screen as it was to make sure that it was real on screen. Mm-hmm. No, that's I love to hear that. But um, I just want to say again, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. We really do appreciate it. Thank, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Utaka, and this is George with the Horror Hour. Um, George, I'll let you go first. Yeah, well, I want to talk about there's one scene in particular that was probably my favourite scene in the whole movie. Um, and it's when all the campers are just like literally living their best lives together. Um, so <laughs> what I want to know is how much fun did you all have making this movie? We had so much such fun. Much. Yeah. That scene. <laughs> that, we don't want to talk over each other. That scene in the movie in particular where we're singing, um, um, was the last day that we were to, that we were all going to be on set together as a group. It was only individual scenes after that point. So it was really sweet that, I don't know, I, I feel like John kind of planned it, that we would yeah, get to totally. have oh, everything was so purposeful. Joyous, yeah. yeah, that we would get to do that on the last day. It was so special. It yeah. really, really was, especially that number, because we're all coming together and having fun. And yeah. it's finally kind of everyone is um, accepting themselves and mm-hmm. accepting each other and, and loving each other. Yeah, and I'm, I'm a musician, so celebrating music uh, towards, you know, empowering that and screaming out loud that we're perfect just the way we are. It's just such a great message to the world. Oh, and um, our co-star Quay Tan got us all rings that say, oh, yeah. I wear my right. See, you wear right. They say perfect oh, wow. on them. She yeah. all got us rings and, and left it on our chairs that day. So. I have to wear mine to the premiere. Yeah. I love that. Um, so I, I, I love horror and I will say, um, in my almost 39 years, I've really never seen myself in films. So this question's really, uh, for Monique, because it just meant so much to me that I finally got to see a queer Asian American portrayed on screen. So I really would like to know what that was like, because it really, it, it means the world to me. Yeah, I mean, I saw myself represented on screen for the first time in 2018 in Alice Wu's Netflix film, The Half of It. So I spent my whole life never seeing myself represented on screen. And this is a movie I wish existed when I was growing up. Yes. And it's not lost on me that I got the opportunity to play this role. 
Um, and it it just means so much. I mean, you just saying that I'm gonna I'm gonna I can't curse. I'm gonna it's cry. almost gonna make me cry. <laughs> um, and I, I'm just like so excited, not just for Asian American youth, but just for queer youth to get to see themselves authentically represented on screen because representation matters so much. Um, I can't tell you the visceral reaction I had when I saw myself for the first time. And if we had it growing up, we might've turned out way better than we are now. I don't know. We don't know. <laughs> we turned out fine. Yeah. We have to talk about what you put into Veronica as well, like with the tattoos and everything. And cause she oh, okay. So, I mean, I, I got to talk about intersectionality as a person of color. Um, it's not explicitly in the script that she's Korean American. Um, but John and I collaborated on picking the tattoos and, um, there's a Korean tattoo that says, uh, which translates to, can you hear my heart? And it was just in, so important to me that the audience knows that she's hmm. Korean American without having to say it. Uh, yeah. yeah, you guys are going to make me cry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I know uh, my last, my last bloody thing now sounds so redundant and basic because you just had a beautiful heart to heart and mine's like, what was it like? Did it, did you feel the Friday the 13th vibes while you're on set? <laughs> but did you feel the Friday the 13th vibes while you're on set? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, like, I, I, I can like remember myself in Brazil, like watching Friday the 13th, like Kevin's first movie and and then being now on set with him in a summer camp is just like life is too good. You know, um, I will tell you in Georgia, in those woods, like when there is no light, I mean, there is no nothing. Lights. like you can't see in front of your face like it was really authentically terrifying. Like in Georgia woods have this like quality of very thin trees close together. It's, it was so creepy. No, <laughs> no ma'am, I wouldn't be there. No, 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 no cell phones. No and phone. apparently one of the cabins was haunted. Yeah, oh, we're yeah, saying they said that like, like they hear the ghosts. Campgrounds are like famously haunted. They see ghosts on the grounds. Yeah, there were some creepy night shoots. It happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. Watch out guys. Be careful. Stay safe, everyone. Um, but I just wanted to finish and say thank you so much, guys, for thank taking you. the time out today to speak to us. We had you. a blast and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Hi, <clears throat> I'm Yutaka, and this is George with the Horror Hour. How are hey you guys? today? I'm good. How are you? Uh, you know, better now that I finished the film. Um, <laughs> so, John, I really enjoyed uh, your film and how with uh, it subverted expectations with the horror that was actually displayed on screen. While we're in the environment with a masked killer, we still have to deal with those therapy sessions. So did you find it difficult to write those scenes? Because those those hit hard. You know, yes, I did, frankly. But, you know, one of the things that when I was when I was thinking about the movie, I talked to some kids who'd been through conversion therapy and they talked about the physical duress. They talked about, you know, forced marches and, you know, sleep deprivation. But mostly they talked about the psychological pressure where their identity was constantly being assaulted in various ways. So I knew I wanted a centerpiece scene that really dealt with the psychology of it. You know, and as a dramatist, that's the most uh, challenging to write because it's not like you're writing a scare scene or a suspense scene or a thrill scene. You're writing two characters looking at each other and one is trying to psychologically destroy the other. And it's a sort of weird gamesmanship that goes on. Um, so it was, it, was, it was ultimately very fulfilling to write, although, uh, though, though tough. It was crushing to watch, so you did a good job. 
Good. Yeah. And I mean, you've written some amazing films. This included, you know, from Gladiator to Skyfall. But what was it that finally made you take the leap into directing this uh, time round? I think, you know, the movie was very intimate to me. It was very personal because when I was growing up, you know, there were no gay characters in horror films or if they did exist, they were victims or they were mm -hmm. jokes, you know, and that's hurtful. And, you know, especially I'm talking about the first generation of slasher movies from, from 79 through the 80s, you know, and I know how much it would have meant to me to have a queer hero. So when COVID happened and me and every other writer I knew suddenly had the chance to write something from their heart, I decided to write something specifically about horror and gender. Uh, and that would create characters that I, as a 12 year old, would have loved to see. Um, that was the motivation for everything. I, I mean, I will say that was honestly, uh, thank you for um, just creating that and uh, this cast um, how was it working with them because I again I feel represented just watching this and I wish I would have had this you know years ago growing up yeah it was it was great and you know from Kevin Bacon on down and when I started writing it you know I don't normally write with actors in mind but but Kevin just kept coming into my head because he has that you ability that sort of like it's magic to go from so charming to so frightening, like on a dime. And that's what the character does. And thankfully, Kevin liked it, uh, the script, and dove right in. It was an amazing sort of company leader. Uh, and then there are seven kids, you know, who were very generous with their time and their experience because I'm not trans, I'm not non binary. Uh, but they spoke to me. They talked to me about language, about representation, about feeling authentic. So I think all, all of our seven kids, our, our campers, are very connected to the characters because they were involved in shaping them. And of course, um, obviously being set within the um, gay conversion camp, was that the idea straight away when you were thinking about writing this story in terms of a story that you want to tell from the heart or did that then come when you start to plan things out more so? Yeah, no, it was the original idea. The idea was take a horrific, frightening environment and put queer kids in the center of it and have them triumph. So yes, it was always, always the idea right from the beginning. Well, John, I just want to say thank you for uh, taking the time to speak with us. We really did enjoy the film um, and we just wish you the best. Thank you so much. Right, thank, thank you. you. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Hi, well, um, I'm George and this is Yutaka and we are from the Horror Hour. Um, and so my first question is, this movie, of course, deals with some serious topics that are very real in today's society. For both of you, how did you go about like preparing for this movie, given what it's about? Uh, John Logan was was very helpful um, uh, in in that he had materials uh, ready to go about um, you know gay conversion and and about that the, the horrors of, of that concept and uh, about you know how it's being implemented in in this country, but you know really it was the preparation is more about trying to figure out a backstory for me at least for who the guy is and when you have the writer also as the director you can get a lot done in um a, a, a conversation and that's what we started to do is just kind of knock around ideas for uh who my guy would be and and the, you know uh, from that things come out of it like you know what i'm going to dress like and talk like and walk like and do all those things mm -hmm. yeah i mean you know he's 
obviously a brilliant screenwriter. And so, you know, they, there's a saying, if it ain't on the page, it ain't on the stage. Well, it was on the page. So if it wasn't on the stage, it was kind of, you know, on us. Right. Um, so I, you know, I delved into the script and all, obviously read all so the, the um, terrifying uh, research that they had done. Also watched uh, Pray Away, which is documentary that Blumhouse, uh, who produced this movie, also produced. Um, and, uh, you know, just uh, tried to get in the mindset of, of, of the, the people who would choose to, you know, do that to, to, to young people and, and, and try to take away their rights that way. Like, wh where are they coming from there? And, um, you know, talked a lot to John and, and just trusted him and, you know, had great actors to play with. Thanks. So uh, I'm back. I'm sorry about that. But um, I wanted to ask because I love you both and kudos to you, but I also hated you in this movie. <laughs> so please tell me what it was like just to play such deliciously evil roles. You know, people ask me a lot if I if it's more fun, and I, I don't find it necessarily more fun. What's what's not fun are characters that are one note, um, sort of cookie cutter, mustache twirling, um, you know, uh, uh, typical, you know, stereotypical bad bad people. Mm -hmm. um, this is a guy that, and especially in the conversations with John, that you know we were able to add some complexity to. And, uh, you know, the job that I felt like, especially in, the, in some of the earlier parts of the movie, was to try to present an argument that was so clear and non-threatening that, that you could have somebody in the audience sit there and go, yeah, you know, he's making a lot of sense, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then you, and then, then you come, come to the point where you can, you know, just kind of flip that. Uh, so that, that's what I was trying to work on. Yeah. Yeah. Same type of thing. You know, um, when you, when you play somebody who's, you know, the bad guy or the evil person, you're, that's not what you're playing. You know, you're, you're, you think that what you're saying is, is true and right and, and that you're doing something good, you know? And so I tried to play into that and also, you know, um, add the, the complexity of, uh, or is, is she just completely manipulating this entire thing and for yes. what reason? And so, you know, I like, I like, uh, you know, give, giving layers to roll. So like Kevin was saying, it's not one note. And, um, you know, when I first read uh, this big scene that I have in the film, the conversion scene, I, I was really, um, you know, terrified about it because it's so dark, you know, what, what this woman is saying, but goodness knows a lot of people actually say those things. And so this is bringing that, what we've been calling um, queer fear into uh, a, re a real place that audiences can, you know, experience and hopefully be repelled by. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes. Well, um, again, I just wanted to thank you for taking the time to speak with thank us. You. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it was thank great to meet you guys. Thank you. You have been listening to the Horror Hour. See you next time.